Welcome to the Fully Engaged Fitness Podcast, where you'll be hearing from the top fitness experts from the engaged personal training community of businesses. These include client interviews and success stories, insights and tips from our top fitness experts, and the unique approach that we bring to our clients that have helped transform thousands of lives over the last 10 years in business. Don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast so that you can be the first one in the know. Now let's get into this episode. Hey guys, Devin Gage here. Welcome back to the Engage Way series where I chronicle uh, the Engage personal training philosophy on what makes Engage personal training unique and different and the most effective program for clients over 40 that want to lose fat and get stronger. Today, we're going to be talking about the Engage nutrition philosophy or the Engage method of eating. Um, So like I said earlier in earlier episodes, a huge amount of our influence comes from human psychology and an understanding of human behavior. It's become my obsession over the last 15 years in the industry. And nutrition uh, is incredibly tied to human behavior, right? How many times have you said or heard somebody say, I know what to do, I just can't do it? Right? How many diets have you tried to follow that you can do it for a couple of weeks, but once you take your uh, finger off, uh, off of it or you take your foot off the gas, you start sliding back into previous behaviors. All of that just has to do with human behavior and human psychology. Um, we're typically always going to do what we've always done. Because uh, those are deeply ingrained habits and behaviors. And what we've always done has gotten us where we are. So we need to find a way to drive behavior change and change the way that we're eating in a sustainable method, right? So before I dive into what makes uh, the engaged nutrition method so effective and how it's helped thousands and thousands of clients uh achieve their dream body and transform their health inside and out. Um, It's important to note that there are diets that will work if you stick to them. Pretty much every diet serves the same function to limit caloric intake uh, and provide you with whatever micronutrients you need to be healthy, right? A keto diet is a diet that is incredibly high fat and pretty much nothing else. Uh, moderate protein and zero carb, right? The reason it can be effective for some people is because fats and proteins tend to be satiating, uh, which means that it curbs your appetite. Um, the paleo diet is a very similar method. Uh, it's it's more of a balance of all whole foods, so no processed foods, no sugars, no grains, um, because all of those foods are going to be very filling and satiating. And when you're full all the time, it can be tough to overeat. And that's the method of paleo. There's Atkins, Mediterranean, South Beach. There's so many different diet approaches that can all work. The problem is most people can't stick to them. So before I dive into the engage method of eating, I want to share a story that I hope will shed some light on the background of our philosophy and our approach. Everything that we do is based around sustainable changes to your diet that lead to long-term success. So let me share this story. 
probably five years ago, I was uh, on a trip to Boston where I was going on a ski trip up to Maine with a bunch of my friends and in Connecticut. So I was about an hour away from my destination uh, in Boston. My car broke down and all these lights started going off on the dash. I pulled over. Um, I got AAA, drove me to a mechanic somewhere outside Boston. And there was a big problem with my car. The guy was like, hey, listen, I'll keep it for the weekend. Just pick it up on your way back from your ski trip. And I did. And I paid a ton of money. It was like well over $1,000. He had to pull the whole engine out. He had to do all this stuff. And uh, I got it. He's like, hey, you're all good. I fixed X, Y, and Z. Get in the car, start driving back. I make it back home. And probably a week later, uh, driving to work, the exact same problem happened. The lights started flaring. Uh, my car started doing this weird thing. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the fact was the problem wasn't fixed, right? I paid the guy to fix it. He said it was fixed. For a period of time, it was fixed, but it came right back. So if you were to ask me, if that mechanic fixed the problem or if that mechanic worked on the problem, I would say unequivocally, absolutely not. Uh, it worked for a really short period of time, but it came right back and I had to do it all over again with another mechanic. Okay. That is a very similar way to look at the way most people consider their diet plans, right? I cannot tell you the amount of people that have sat in my office working with me and said, I should just do paleo again because that worked for me. Or I should do keto again because that worked for me. Or I should go back to Weight Watchers because that really worked for me. And I just have to ask like, well, you did it a year ago, right? And they're like, yep. And you gained all the weight back plus 10 pounds. Yes. But it worked when I was doing it. But you couldn't keep doing it because it was too restrictive or you hated all the foods on it. And they're like, yeah, but it worked when I was doing it. That's the problem with uh, dieting is you have to look at it like the mechanic that fixed my car in Boston. Um, it did not work if it wasn't a long-term fix. So I would encourage you to change your mindset to the only time a diet is effective or a way of eating is effective is when it uh, delivers a long-term behavior change and long-term success. And how do you define long-term? Uh, I am also a believer that you should approach it the same way you would approach cancer treatment. So if you or a family member had were diagnosed with cancer, uh, you go through treatment, whether it's chemo, radiation, whatever it is, and you finish treatment and the cancer is gone, they typically don't, and you know, don't quote me on this because I may get some dates wrong, but they typically will not claim success or say that the treatment was 100% effective until five years later. And again, that may be slightly incorrect, but they don't consider the treatment successful until years later when it has been successful long-term. I would encourage you to switch your mindset into taking the same approach with your nutrition. A diet is not successful if it only works when you're white-knuckling it through this diet plan. It has to lead to long-term behavior change and long-term results. And that is what the Engage method of nutrition and eating is built around. Long-term behavior change that truly becomes who you are. All right.
And the last thing I'll end with is a huge, a very big reason why diets don't work is because diets are something that you do and doing anything will lead to being done. If you want your results to last a long time and achieve long-term success, you cannot simply do something. You have to become something. You have to be the person that eats a higher protein diet. You have to be the person that drinks more water every day. You have to become the type of person that orders X, Y, and Z when you go out to dinner with your friends, okay? No changes will last if you do not become the person that is tied to your identity of those changes, all right? Um, That is the kind of big picture engaged philosophy is we want to encourage you to identify with the healthier person that has made these behavior changes and tie the benefits and the, the upside to that so closely that it becomes easy. We're always going to be driven by avoiding pain and approaching pleasure. So our whole approach is helping you realize the pleasure associated with healthier eating and exercise and the pain associated with long-term bad diet habits and gaining body fat and the the energy and the pain that you might feel. Um, Most people only approach it in a short-term mindset where they associate pain with restriction and training really hard and pleasure with leisure and eating foods that, that taste really good. Um, and we have to start encouraging people to look at things as they are and, and really flipping that. So let's talk about the engage way of eating. So engage personal training does not recommend one single diet because one single diet is not the cure for every single client. There is no perfect diet. There is no one singular one size fits all approach to eating. Um, we approach things from uh, a method called flexible dieting. So what does that mean? Flexible dieting is essentially the method of understanding two things. Overall health, wellness, and nutrition success comes down to overall calorie balance. So an understanding of calorie balance means if you want to lose weight, you have to burn more calories than you take in. If you want to build muscle, you have to have an understanding of needing to be in a calorie surplus and training really hard and lifting weights to to use those calories to build muscle, right? So flexible dieting is, is overall the understanding of the balance of how much you're moving and what you're eating. So what your output is versus your input. We'll talk more about that later. Key point number two about flexible dieting is that all foods fit, right? Human beings do not react well to restriction. We don't like feeling like we can't do something. If anything, when we're told we can't, we actually obsess about that thing and we're driven to go and do it. Um, I'll give you guys a tip from Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, learning about that whole world is in AA, they've got a mindset called uh, just for today because in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, they understand that the drive to use drugs and alcohol, which have become an addiction for us, is so strong 
that committing to forever, our minds will start pushing back and saying, well, I'll just drink today and I'll start tomorrow, right? Forever, I'll just do it one more time. Let me just go one more time, right? So the mindset with Alcoholics Anonymous is just for today. Just for today, I will stick to my nutrition plan. Just for today, I will go to the gym. And you're letting yourself have freedom in the future um, to avoid that restrictive feeling that causes people to fall off track, right? Because again, if you do restrict, you tend to obsess about that thing and it becomes very difficult to overcome that uh, drive to go and eat the foods that maybe you shouldn't or, or do whatever. So keeping that in mind, that just for today, just for this meal, just for this bite, uh, I'll give myself freedom to make it des- another decision in another day, but just for today, I am going to stay on track, right? The flexible dieting philosophy is that all foods fit as long as it aligns with your calorie balance. Now, how do we say all foods fit? And this is where a lot of people get all worked up and, and angry saying, how, how can you dare say all foods fit when these processed foods are filled with junk and crazy stuff? right? At the end of the day, it comes down to calorie balance. What you eat has an influence on how you feel and the actual mechanism of metabolism and just calorie uh, calorie intake and fat loss and fat gain and all that, right? So what you eat, if you eat junk food, uh, I'm convinced in the vast majority of cases, it's not the food itself that is the problem. It is the way the food makes you feel. So if you eat a greasy cheesesteak, it's not just that that cheesesteak has a thousand calories, but it's also the fact that you feel lousy afterwards and now your overall activity is lower because you just want to lay on the couch or your stomach hurts. So now the calorie balance is off because you did just eat that really high calorie cheesesteak, but now you're output is lower, right? So there is a way to eat the cheesesteak, but you also have to make sure that your output is is there to make sure the calorie balance is in line, right? So this is our philosophy with all foods fit, right? I'm not a, I'm not a food zealot. I'm not going to tell you that all processed foods are horrible and you can only, if you can't pronounce something on the label, you can't eat it. I think all of that is bad advice, especially for people that aren't naturally uh, health food lovers. Um, I think all that just leads to bad outcomes. If you start looking at foods as bad or evil or unhealthy, I don't think in my, in the engaged philosophy is you are not setting yourself up for success right? All foods fit and you just have to look at it from a holistic approach of how does this food make me feel? How will this affect my activity level? And how does this affect the overall calorie balance? And just by saying all foods fit and giving yourself freedom to eat whatever you want, you're also setting yourself up for success by sticking with it because now you're not restricting. Like I said, restricting will lead to reactance, which is pushing back. All right. So that's the philosophy of flexible dieting. All foods fit and just an understanding of calorie balance. So what 
are the three keys to the engage method of eating. Number one, hacking hunger. What does that mean? Hunger is a liar. Hunger is not a real indication of your body's need for nutrition. It's just not. Hunger is driven by hunger hormones, including uh, leptin and ghrelin. So just a a quick reference, leptin, you can remember that because uh, leptin associates with less eating. So leptin, less eating. Leptin, when that hormone is raised, it means that you feel full. Ghrelin, uh, you can associate with growling, tummy growling. When your ghrelin levels are high, it's associated with feeling hungry. So hunger primarily is driven by these two hormones. There's a lot of other factors at play, but hunger is not a real indication of your, your body's need. We think it is. Our brain will tell us it is, but it is not true. Um, and you can see this by the fact that most people that are overweight eat uh, feel hungry even when they've already eaten more calories and nutrition than their body needs, right? Your body really only needs a certain number of calories per day. So why are we still feeling hungry? The reason is because hunger is not associated with what our body actually needs. Uh, hunger is triggered by a lot of different factors, including environmental factors, right? If you have some sort of environment that you always eat in, our brains are very associative. So we tend to associate feelings with environments. So let's say uh, every time you go to your grandmother's house, she's the greatest cook you've ever met. You're probably always going to feel hungry when you go to grandma's house because you're like, oh yeah, I associate grandma's house with good eating, right? So it's associative based on uh, your environment. And then there's just the... the uh, biological factors, right? There's a genetic component where some people have higher drives for eating. Um, There's a behavioral component where, you know, if you're just used to eating 3000 calories in a day, you're probably going to be hungry until you eat that many calories. If you, and the opposite is true too. If you are used to only eating a thousand calories because you've done some crazy restrictive diet, then you're probably not going to be hungry after a thousand calories. And this is another big problem. When you're not hungry, it doesn't mean you shouldn't eat. So if you fall on the other side of the spectrum where you have a hard time eating enough, which means that your body's not able to recover, you don't feel very energetic, you don't sleep well, you're, you're not able to recover from your workouts, you're not able to fuel your workouts, that doesn't mean you don't need to eat. Just because you don't feel hungry doesn't mean your body doesn't need more, all right? Um, So hunger overall is a liar. And the last thing is uh, sleep is very much correlated with hunger. So when you sleep really poorly, uh, your hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin are going to be off and usually flipped where you're going to feel more hungry than usual and you are not going to be filled up as easily. So... Sleep has a really strong correlation. So, so much of this, um, if you really want long-term success with dieting and changing the way that you eat, prioritizing a good quality sleep is crucial because I don't, I'm convinced you will never achieve nutrition success if you don't sleep well, because your, your brain will just be 
jacked up. You're going to be have zero willpower. You'll have zero discipline. You're going to cave to every sugary, carb, fatty thing in front of you. And you'll have very little control because your brain just doesn't have the resources to control your behavior. All right. So the first key to the engaged nutrition philosophy is hacking hunger. Understanding hunger is a liar for the most part, uh, for most people. And also understanding um, how to eat to satiate hunger in the best way. Um, and I'll give you two pieces of advice for that. The first one being uh, have, eat a higher protein diet. So protein is the most satiating type of food. That means animal proteins, beans, lentils, tofu, any high protein food source is going to be incredibly satiating, meaning it's going to fill you up, right? It's going to, it's going to trigger that feeling of fullness way faster than carbs and fats. And that is a fact. So a big reason why we always recommend a higher protein diet is because it's just going to fill you up. And if you want to lose weight, you need to feel full. Um, so the next thing is focusing on higher volume foods that are lower caloric density. So what are the foods that take up more room in your body, in your stomach, but maybe have lower calories? So uh, grapes are an example of that. Some types of fruit are really good examples of that. Um, and that's another reason why sometimes when you process foods, you shrink them down and they don't take up as much room. Like, you know, if you drank a 20 ounce fruit smoothie, that's 500 calories. But if you had the same amount of fruit unprocessed in a bowl, all the ingredients there, you probably would be way more full from that bowl of fruit than that smoothie. And that's an effect of like that volume of food that you're eating, right? And that those all play into hacking your hunger. Uh, another really good example is eggs, right? So if you ate four eggs for breakfast, you ate one, uh, one day you ate four hard boiled eggs, which are whole and they take up more room because they're fully whole as unprocessed as it typically gets. It will fill you up way more than if you made, uh, scrambled eggs because you've processed them. You've, you've broken them down. You've made them easier to digest, which doesn't trigger that hunger hormone quite as much. Um, so again, hacking hunger is a blend, a really crucial part of our approach is eating a higher protein diet, making sure that you're prioritizing higher volume of foods with lower calories and just understanding hunger is a liar um, and when you do understand that, you can start to overcome those hunger pains um, because you can just talk yourself out of it by saying, uh, sorry, brain, I know I've already eaten 2,000 calories today. You're telling me I'm hungry, but I know you don't need this. I've already eaten it. So that's another big driver. Um, and that's the next point in the Engage Nutrition Philosophy is awareness, becoming more aware of what you're eating. There are is mountains and mountains of research to show that mindless eating is rampant in our lives. I've talked about it on other podcast episodes that 95% of our behaviors happen totally subconsciously, meaning we don't realize they're really happening. Eating is no different. Uh, if you 
So research shows that if you asked any normal person to estimate the amount of calories that they eat every day, on average, people estimate a thousand calories less than they're actually eating. So if you think you're doing really well, 1800 calorie a day diet, whatever it is, there's a really good chance that you're actually eating 2,800, right? And it just comes down to awareness. So uh, the next big aspect of the Engage method of eating is tracking your food for at least a week to 10 days. Bring acute awareness towards what you're eating, how much you're eating, and what a serving size is. We're also horribly notorious for misjudging serving sizes. Um, And there's a lot of factors there, which I'm not going to cover every single one of them. But the truth is, there's a really good chance that pretty much every meal you think you're eating one serving, but you're eating two. So bringing more awareness is a very big discipline, but it will completely change the way you eat just by tracking your meals and weighing your food and doing everything for about seven to 10 days. Another reason it's effective is because we are creatures of habit. Typically, uh, we eat the same foods all the time. Uh, the Out of the thousands of people that I have worked with on this over the last 15 years, when I say, tell me about what you eat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, they're like, oh, well, breakfast is either this, this, or this. Lunch is either this, sometimes this, right? We pretty much eat the same stuff all the time. So once we get a lot more awareness around what we're eating by visually seeing oh, wow, that's a serving size. I was eating this much more, right? And weighing our food and tracking exactly how many calories are in what's eating. Um, The hidden things there are like fats and oils and the liquids that add a lot of those calories. Um, We can start changing our behavior. And once you track, so commit to track for that seven to 10 days, you're pretty much good for a while. Because what you've done is you have uh, changed the visual of what you're eating. So now going forward, that one serving, you're like, I know that that's a serving because after weighing it, tracking it, I know that that's it. So you kind of have just that visual reminder of what an actual serving is. Now, over time, that starts to go away. We start to creep up our serving sizes typically. So doing that seven to 10 days of tracking is really important to do I would say once every six months. So put it on your calendar, um, get a food scale and just track every single ounce of food that you eat for seven days. All right. This is going to be a really good, powerful uh, driver of change for you. And um, the last area of tracking that I'll recommend is most of our clients have kids and busy families. A really, really important aspect of tracking is to make sure that when you do it for this week, and you guys are going to hate this, if you do make meals in bulk, like you're doing family pasta night, you're doing chili night, you're making bulk things, you pull all of your servings out separately and cooked separately and done completely separately. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it's more work. I know whatever. It's one week that you do this. It's not possible to get an accurate reading on your serving sizes. If you made grandma's homemade chili recipe in a giant pot and you took two ladles full and that's your thing, 
even if you wait it out, it's not going to be possible to get a really accurate reading. But what you can do is make one serving aside and you make it totally separate, put it into your bowl and get a visual frame of how big it is, how many calories it is, what the protein, all of that is. And now you know when you do make grandma's chili in the future, what one bowl full of your serving looks like and and how many calories it is. All right, you guys are going to hate that. I'm sure you're not going to do it. But if you do want to go all in on this, I do recommend you do that. And three, the last point of engage method of eating is just knowing the numbers. We keep things really simple here, guys. There are two numbers that you need to know. You need to know based on your goal, which is different for everybody, what your ideal calorie intake is and how much protein your body needs, all right? If you can nail down that calorie range and hit your protein goal or make sure you're getting enough protein, you will see long-term success. You don't have to track forever. You don't have to focus on carbs, protein, fats, everything else. You don't have to do any of that, okay? All you have to do is keep your calories within the range that aligns with your goal and get enough protein. The other numbers fall into place based on if you're getting enough protein and you're eating this many calories, the other two numbers don't really matter. Um, Now, as you start to get really, really towards like the lower body fat percentages and you really want to make tweaks, you know, you will have to like do more advanced methods. But most clients, 99% of people that we work with just need to know how many calories to eat and how much protein to get. And they have to track so that they can actually understand what that looks like. So I'm going to give you the really, really simple way to identify those numbers. Uh, If you're a member of Engage Personal Training at any of our locations or Gage Strength Training, you have access at any point to use the in-body scan. The in-body scan is a bioimpedance device that is medical grade, which means it's calibrated based on the most advanced medical device for measuring body fat in existence, which is called the DEXA scan. There's nothing more accurate than DEXA scan. The in-body is calibrated with that. So the numbers that the in-body is giving you are going to align with if you went to a hospital and tapped your insurance company for tens of thousands of dollars to get this scan done, you have access to that at Engage Personal Training or Gate Strength Training. If you need to know based on your goals how many calories you should be eating, when you do the in-body, it will give you a number called your basal metabolic rate. Your basal metabolic rate is how many calories your body burns at rest. So what does that mean? Everything in your body requires calories. Calories are an energy source for your body. It's like gasoline for your car. So just to keep your lungs pumping, your heart beating, your hair growing, your eyelids blinking, uh, everything in your body requires calories. The more muscle you have, the more energy your body needs. Uh, The more you weigh, the more energy your body needs. Um, So that is essentially what your basal metabolic rate, the base number of calories that your body burns just at rest. If you laid in bed all day, you would still burn this many calories. All right. 
So it's going to give you that number. Now, once you have that number, now we want to talk about your goal. If your goal is to lose fat or to lose weight, you want to take that number and you want to go essentially your daily calorie intake goal is about 10 to 20% above that number. So let's say the in-body spits out the number 1,200, all right? Let's say 12 to 1,400 is like pretty common. So one thing you want to consider is you never want to eat below that number, all right? That is what your body needs to function, all right? Without going too far off track, I'll give you a metaphor to think about. So imagine your body was a house. <clears throat> the house has expenses. You got your mortgage, you got your cable bill, you got your energy bill, uh, you got the guy that mows the lawn, right? And let's say you had a job. Let's say your house cost $3,000 to maintain with all those expenses. And let's say you had a job that only gave you $2,000 a month. What has to happen to your expenses, right? If you don't have enough money to cover your monthly expenses based on your income, you'll have to start shutting the lights off, uh, turning the heat off, fire the lawn care guy or girl, <clears throat> right? You're, you start to have to cut your expenses to match what you're making. Your body is no different. If you're only feeding your body 1,000 calories a day, but your basal metabolic rate, what it needs is 1,400 calories, your body will start chopping out non-life-sustaining functions. Your hair will not be as healthy, sometimes start to fall out. You will feel cold all the time because your thermal regulation system will be limited. You'll feel tired all the time, right? And if you've done really crash diets, I know you know what I'm talking about with your hair feeling dry and falling out and just feeling cold all the time. That's what your body does to say, all right, well, we're not making enough income to cover our expenses. What can we cut? So <clears throat> it's incredibly important to not eat below your basal metabolic rate in calories, at least for any period of time, like extended period of time. Again, little aside, uh, that show, The Biggest Loser, where they put people on insane diets for like a couple of months at a time, they all lost like 100 plus pounds. Those people got really messed up. So just for example, if they went into that show with a basal metabolic rate of 1,800 calories and they followed an 800 calorie a day diet, their body reduced function so that their basal metabolic rate dropped to match what was coming in. And they did a follow-up study. And that's why they were able to lose weight because they, they just starved themselves. They did a follow-up study, which tracked their basal metabolic rate six years later. And guess what? It never recovered. So if you've done this cycle of crash dieting for periods of time and you just gain the weight back plus more, what's happening is your body is reducing its base calorie rate to match the crash diet and it may not be recovering. And that's something that you would have to kind of talk to a registered dietitian or, or really investigate further with more blood work and things like that. But hopefully we're not at that point. Um, the basal metabolic rate is back to the point. If you want to lose weight, uh, take your basal metabolic rate and add 
all right? So 1,200 calorie BMR, base metabolic rate. Your calorie goal will then be between 320. Sorry, that's wrong. 1,200 times 2 is 2,400, 24, 240, 14, 1,440. That's your calorie goal. You want to be within 100 calories of that calorie goal. So 1,340 to 1,540 is your daily calorie intake. Now, if you've done diets, if you've followed the old school methodology of eat 1,200 calories a day and that's what you need to eat, you may think that sounds crazy. That sounds like way too much. I'm telling you, the numbers don't lie. That is what you need to be eating. 10% to 20% above your base metabolic rate is a safe way to lose weight. Anything lower than that, you're setting yourself up for rebounds, gaining all the weight back, and just incredible, uh, horrible impacts on your health. All right? Never go below the BMR, and you want to give yourself a little wiggle room because, again, the BMR is just your body at rest, doesn't include your workout, your daily life, just going around chasing your kids, uh, whatever job you have, whatever uh, level of work that you do, right? So if your goal is to burn fat, 20% above your basal metabolic rate, all right? Now, if your goal is to build muscle and you need to put on strength, then you need to be more in a surplus. So I would take your basal metabolic rate and go about 50% above that. So if the number was 1,200 and you say, I want to put on a couple pounds of muscle, I want to get stronger. So there's two populations that might want this. Uh, people that just purely want to gain muscle, right? For aesthetics, they want to get stronger. They want to have toned arms. They want to have uh, a really lean, strong, functional physique. Or the, the place that we see this a lot is uh, men and women that are over 50. Because after the age of 50 years old, our bodies start to lose muscle every year. I think we lose like 5% of our muscle every year after 50. It's crazy. So if you are in that camp and you know that the weaker you get, the more likely you are to get injured. Uh, every fall could be more disastrous. Um, then you may be in the camp to go 50% above your basal metabolic rate. All right. And that's enough that you'll be able to, if you follow our workout plan, build muscle and you won't gain fat. All right. Um, and again, all this comes back to actually tracking your calories and weighing your food, because if you don't have an exact number of what you're eating, then you're probably just going to overeat. So you do still need to track your calories and weigh and measure your food, at least for a short time. All right. That is your calorie goal, right? Take your basal metabolic rate from your in-body scan at any engaged personal training or engaged strength training, and you're going to add 20 to 50% based on your goal. All right. If you simply just ate that number of calories and you did that in white rice and pizza, you would lose weight. You will lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit no matter what. That's how the numbers work, right? Now, it is not realistic to feel good, train hard, uh, or be able to eat 12, 1500 calories of just pizza. And that's why it's not effective to do it that way because of human nature and because we'll just feel horrible. Um, and that comes back to calorie balance where, you know, when we feel horrible, we're not moving as much, so now it throws off the whole equation. 
if you stay in that calorie range, 100 calories around that base number, now we have to focus on protein, all right? We have to hit a protein goal every day. And I would say this may be the most important thing most clients could focus on because they're, they're usually so uh, low on protein. But with that calorie range, uh, now we wouldn't need to hit a protein goal. How do we do that? Also on the in-body, you'll see a number called your lean body mass. You'll look at that number. A lot of times it's anywhere from 60 to 120, depending on who you are and, and how big you are, how strong you are. Lean body mass is your weight minus body fat. You're going to take whatever that number is, and that is your daily protein goal. So for me, I've got about, uh, I don't know, 160 pounds of lean body mass. My protein goal at minimum is 160 grams a day. If I was, you know, a lot of our clients that are over 40 men and women, that number is going to be around 1 to 120. So... That's how you determine your protein goal, and that is a non-negotiable. Um, I don't care if you aren't hungry. I don't care if you uh, have a hard time eating protein. Like we talked about earlier, hunger is a liar. Uh, you can add supplements. It's not mandatory, but supplements are your ability to supplement in what you're not getting from whole foods. So if you just can't eat another chicken breast or if you can't eat more eggs, protein shakes are a great alternative, all right? But if you want long-term diet success, you should follow the engaged method of eating. You eat high-protein foods that fill you up. You understand high-volume, low-caloric foods that keep you full. You will commit to being bringing more awareness to what you're eating by tracking and journaling your food for at least one week. And you'll learn these two numbers. How many calories you need to eat for your goal and how much protein you need to eat to make sure that when you lose weight, you're maintaining muscle and you're giving your body what it needs because that's what protein does. It's going to help you when you do lose weight, you're going to maintain muscle mass and it's going to help you feel your absolute best. All right. The engage method is simple. It's not easy. It does require a commitment, um, but all of your engage coaches and GST coaches are here every step of the way.